Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 252 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. How are you? I'm doing well, Barb. We're actually recording this super early because you are headed out to Las Vegas for the Vision 21 meeting. You excited? Yes, yes. And welcoming my BFF, Heather Voss, to the role of NADL president. Super excited. She's an amazing visionary and leader. And so, yes, it's going to be a really, really, really great meeting. Do they still roast the... No. No, they stopped doing that. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That was always a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I was the first one that they started with not roasting and it's, it's just better, I think. Yeah, because I have hours and hours of roastable material for anyone. Oh, (laughs) I know. Exactly. I would have been bleeped quite a few times up there. So yeah, Yeah. excited to get another role. That's good though. That's awesome. Sorry I have to miss it, but I hope you have a great time. Of course, by the time this episode airs, we'll all be done. So hopefully you had a great time. Yes. So we talk a lot about us and the podcast recording in the Ivaclar ballroom during LMT Lab Day Chicago. We've only mentioned it hundred times, hundred times, and then on social media another hundred times. <laughs> but that's only because we want as many as possible to come and say hi and sit down with us and record. But it's not just LMT Lab Day Chicago going on. There's another great meeting that's happening the Thursday and Friday morning at the same time in Chicago. Right. Yes. And that is, dun, 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 the Cal Lab meeting. So the Cal Lab Association is this like long running. Hundred year old. Yeah, it's like super long running association. And every year they get together. Has it always been the same time as Lab Day Chicago? Yes. It's always that Thursday, Friday. It's yeah. whole day Thursday, half day Friday. Half day Friday. And this is the first year it's back since 2020. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) Last year, it was debatable if they were going to come back, but they decided to wait another year. So first off, this has always been one of my favorite meetings. And you're on the board, right? I am on the board. Yes. What is your role? Are you just board member? I am the uh, co-chair. Jeff is the chair, and I'm the second in command. So I'll be chair in three years, I believe. Three it's kind of like being the president of NADL, but it, we call it the chair. The chair. And what is it, every four years? It's every five now. Every it takes five. a while to get your mojo. So Jeff's yeah. doing a wonderful job, and uh, I'm up and coming. Nice. You excited? I'm super excited. I, I just think are. it's a really great meeting, a lot of material. You know, it, it's geared towards owners and managers, and, you know, the content is just super strong this year, and I'm just excited. There's two parts of the CalLab meeting that I've always enjoyed that I always thought was amazing. One of them is the open forum. Oh, yeah. Just imagine like the best minds in the industry all in one room just discussing anything that anybody wants to bring up. It's it's killer. There's so many great ideas and gems that you can pick up from just listening to all these other owners and managers in the room. It's It's really amazing. The other part I really enjoy is just the networking. Oh, yeah. That's the time in between the speakers. 
There are so many smart owners and managers of some very successful labs that are just there to hang out and talk. So I always take advantage of it and pick their brains, talk to them, maybe get a little inspired. It's just an amazing meeting. I do agree, but let's not forget about the speakers. We have been doing this for 97 years, so they know what they're doing. Thursday morning, I'm hosting a panel about recruiting, retaining, and training, which I'm really excited about. And then one of the great deep thinkers in our industry, Sasha from Harvest, is on stage talking about culture. Yes. Which he knows a lot about, let me tell you. (laughs) And then we have Eric Thorne from the NADL talking about all that great FDA stuff that we have to keep up on. Yeah. And then there's a cybersecurity, which is a panel about laboratory software with some of the most popular ones that we're talking about on the market. And... An amazing three-shape panel. And of course, the keynote to top it all off is the CEO of Henry Schein, Stanley Bergman, who happens to know a few things about dental. (laughs) A little bit, yes. A little bit, yeah. So all this is happening, like we mentioned, February 23rd, the 24th, that Thursday and Friday, just in that same weekend as Lab Day Chicago. So it's not too late to join this association and attend this amazing, amazing meeting. Barb and I will both be there. Head over to cal-lab, that's C-A-L-L-A-B dot org to see all the details and get signed up and become a great lab in this great meeting. Yeah, that's a great idea, Elvis. Right on. It is a great idea, Elvis. (laughs) So this week, I had an opportunity to talk to a family rich in dental laboratory history. Now, we recorded this like two days before Christmas. Yeah. So, of course, yeah, Barb was kind of busy in the lab trying to get all that work out the door. And we understand. We did miss you. I missed you guys, too. But this is a full house because we had five guests on this episode. Five. That's probably the most we've had in a while. And what's funny is they're all related. So Wayne Cesar Sr. wanted to be a dentist. Realizing he was more suited for dental technology, enrolled in a school for it. After that, he did the work for the U.S. Navy. Eventually, he set up his own lab in his own house and went back to school, but to teach. His brother's wife was interested in what Wayne was doing, and soon Mike Capps, now owner of Technique Dental Lab, decided to go to the same school Wayne was teaching at. But Wayne also had two sons, Wayne Jr. and Steve Cesara. Both also wanted to be dentists, but couldn't avoid their fate of falling in love with dental technology and soon followed their dad and uncle and also graduated from that same school. Now, Mike went on to open a very successful lab. Wayne Jr. found his way to Sterngold and then Sim V to become an amazing educator in all things implants and attachments. And Steve opened up an ortho lab where he's one of the most followed and watched ortho techs on social media. And of course you would know. Of course, yeah. And to add one more layer to these generations, Steve's daughter, Erin Cesara, who grew up in the ortho lab, joins us because she's now starting her journey to become a dentist. Wow. It's a great conversation. So join us as we talk to the Cesara family and the dental legacy that they are making. Your digital inspiration is important to Ivaclar. 
and they have the technology to support your digital future. Whether you are just about to introduce digital production into your lab, or if your laboratory is already set for the digital revolution, Ivoclar has the technology, the support, and service package for your specific needs. From the new and impressive PrograScan scanners to the PrograMill lineup of milling systems and the PrograMap furnaces, Ivoclar has you covered with technology and trusted materials like Ivotion, Emacs, and Circad Prime. All of this under one roof. Customize your digital journey today by contacting your friendly Ivoclar sales representative. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast, and we appreciate your support, Ivoclar. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We are super excited for today's podcast to feature... I don't know. What do you think? You guys think you're the biggest family in dental technology? Oh, no, probably not. But I think we're close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got the, probably the most generations, I'd say. We got quite the family tree. There's a lot of teeth in this tree. Is that by weight? <laughs> uh, possibly that, too. <laughs> I guess you're all part of the, and am I saying this right, Cesara? Cesara. Yeah, they're all Zaras except for me. I'm a Caps. Yeah, how'd that happen? When we introduce, we're going to introduce the big guy first. He started yeah, let's, it off. let's have everybody go through you know, who you are and a little bit of your background. Let's start oldest to youngest. I think that's the best way to that do it. That is the way to do it. Yep. Yeah. So Wayne Sr. Yes. My background is I was planning on going to dental school sometime, but never got in. Went to dental technology school at SIU. Went on for a bachelor's degree. Long story short. Got drafted in the Army. I joined the Navy the next day and made sure I got into the dental field. Bethesda Naval Hospital two years and then um, at a Marine Corps Air Station. They made me a corpsman, which I didn't want to be, but I am. And uh, learned more dental technology while I was on the job. And then when I got out, I started working at Triton College in River Grove, Illinois. 35 years there, and then I retired from there. Yeah, what did you do there? I um, I taught everything, mostly advanced classes. Advanced crown and bridge, advanced partials, advanced orthodontics, beginning orthodontics, lab management. Help run in, the program. And, and I helped run the program at times. And uh, Mike Caps was my student. I'll tell you a quick story on this. He came in and he was watching me setting up a denture and in my home where I had my laboratory. And he said, this is pretty interesting. I like it. But I never pushed it with him because... If you push someone to get into something and then they don't like it, then they'll, you know, regret it forever. Hate you forever. Yeah. Hate me forever. Right. <laughs> so he did it all on his own. He joined up, got into Triton College and um, went on from there. So that's interesting. You hear people learning it in the military or the Navy, but they hardly ever go to school for it before. I bet you that set you up to be very successful. Right. And I had Wayne Jr. as a student also. And I had Stephen for, as a student also. And um, they both did excellent work and they had a lot of potential. I don't know if it all came from me or not, but with my hands, dexterity or whatever, but they took to it and they, they liked it and they progressed with it and they've, they've done fine. But Mike was a student just by watching and seeing what I'm doing. And he, and he joined the school and he was he started off as a, a beginning dental technician and then he's worked his way up to where he is now. 
Yeah. Wayne Sr. is he's a CDT too. Oh, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. CDT. And, and then, Dad, how long did you own your uh, your own dental lab? That's what I was going to get into. Yeah, you said you dated out of your house. Yes. When I got out of the Navy, well, at that time I was making 5000 a year as an E5 dental technician in the Navy. I got my first job, I was making 12000 a year. So I was really rich, <laughs> but not really. <laughs> so we bought a home I borrowed from my parents and I had to pay them back. And I, I got the dental lab going. Got five dentists maybe to work for. I don't remember exactly. And um, every nickel that I made paid off supplies and then paid back my parents. And I did it in one year. Wow. Wow. I had to put down 10% on my house. But, of course, back in those days, the house was 45 9 when I bought it. But I had to put down 10000 which I didn't have. Anyway, that's how I got my little lab started. And it just progressed from there. And I had it for... Well, I retired from there probably 15 years ago now. So, What was your specialty, Dad? My specialty was fulls and partials, and I did some crown and bridge, but not a lot. My original goal was to do all crown and bridge, but it just didn't work out that way. And I, I did a lot of many, many dentures, and I worked probably with probably about 20 different dentists. It worked out, and that helped pay for the house, helped pay for kids' educations, and it was uh, it was great. You did this during the same time that you were also teaching. Yes, mm-hmm. teaching wow. full time, but I had an he advantage. Loved it. I had an advantage of starting early and leaving early. Had my office hours at in the morning before students arrived, and I had them a little bit after class. And my classes were from eight to twelve every day. So by two o'clock, three o'clock, I was home, and, and of course working. <laughs> Yeah, home working. Right. Home working. Go yeah, straight yeah. downstairs and start doing some work. And you know what I thought was great about that? In the beginning, I thought, okay, here, here's a professor, you know, teaching us at Triton College. And and here, and here he's got this commercial laboratory on the side. And mixed feelings, but at the same time, you know what? It kept him current and relative to what was going on out there. Oh, so, sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that that was a, a, a neat thing for him to keep doing. There's nothing worse than a teacher that's never done it. Right. right. <laughs> you can almost imagine like the trade shows and the lab, you know, going to lab shows down in the city, the map meeting and, you know, and then getting in the lab day and all that stuff for all those years, dad, you know, mm-hmm. learning from the beginning, you know, starting in the sixties, you know, and then getting the job in the seventies at Triton and so on. And then being where you're at, you know, it was as, awesome. as a little, story. a little side note, when I was in the Navy, I told them I want to do the Crown Bridge. Well, there were seven or eight technicians in our laboratory. This is at Bethesda Naval Hospital, which is now Walter Reed. But anyway, at Bethesda, I worked with nothing but captains. And I did work with one man who started as a dental technician in the Navy, worked his way up, became a dentist, worked his way up to be captain. Then he became the admiral in charge of the whole Naval Dental Corps. Oh, wow. I worked with him. So when I showed him my work, he would call in and he says, let me show you a few things. He says, get me a polishing lathe, get me all the finishing materials and bring the partial in here. I want to show you something. And he reached in his drawer and he whips out a little monocle like you have in a jeweler shop. And I thought, "Uh oh, this guy's really scrutinizing my work. (laughs) But it was good because he showed me every little detail that I was missing. Like just the way you finish a rest into a partial and, and how it should be perfectly smooth and, and 
fit exactly to the rest that the dentist prepares. So I use that same technique in school. I got myself a monocle and I also brought in a microscope, which was on low, really low power. Because if you go high power, you can't see anything. All you see is little tiny scratches. But I use that to teach with and show somebody, this is the way it's done. This is the way it'll make it better. Here's your case. Here's the finished case that I have shown you how to do. And then they had to do it. So it just helped. But by working with a dentist that started off as a bottom of the barrel, let's say in the Navy and worked his way up to be captain and then admiral, it was a great experience. Anytime you can work with a dentist that knows lab work, I mean, <laughs> that's a win right there. Yeah, this you learn so much from him. And um, I'm sure he's long gone by now because he was in his late 50s or so when I was working with him. But uh, sure. And hmm. uh, he became the admiral in charge of the Navy. So during all this, you're also raising kids, right? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And, and and he raised them well, too. <laughs> what was good was I'm sitting downstairs working. The kids would come home from school. So they, they had someone there at all times. And if they had a homework problem or a question, they came downstairs. Dad, I put everything away for a few minutes and sit down and show them what, whatever they wanted to know. Oh, I thought it was one of those, I'll help you as long as you clean out this. <laughs> well, that's, that's partly how I got the boys interested in, in dental technology. And and I said, if you, you can do some of this work, I'll show you how to do it. I'm going to pay you. And I'll pay you well, which wasn't that much, but it also went towards their college education. My mm-hmm. thoughts were, you pay for half, I'll pay for half. Love it. That way, uh, they'll when they get to school... They're not just going out on Friday nights and partying. Maybe they did, but we did. they knew that they were paying for it. So let's let's get our work done. Cause... Yeah, we'll leave that for another podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Mom's the word on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but Wayne and Steve, talk about growing up in a house with a dental technician. For myself, I mean, it was it was different. You know, I mean, it was you you know you're you're a young little boy and you go downstairs and you're watching your dad do his artistry. And my dad's my mentor, you know, my uncle Mike's my mentor, you know, but you know, the thing is, is that you kind of observed what he was doing, making dentures. I mean, how many, so think about that as a kid, then you're looking, you know, you think of dentures, you think of like, you know, you think of old people with dentures, right? You know, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you see them making dentures and making crowns and teeth and, and the smell, right? You know, the smell of monomer. So dad, what do you always say? It's the smell of money, right? <laughs> smell of money. You know, but the fact is you would smell these things and I was just intrigued. And, and for me, it's been part of my life, basically my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Steve, what do you, what do you think? My perspective is I always wanted to be a dentist, so I didn't want to have anything to do with dental technology. And my earliest recollection of is, remember Wayne and I would go downstairs and watch TV on Saturday. We'd run down to see our cartoons and dad would be drilling on teeth with a belt and it would make the TV fuzzy. So I always thought, is this dental technology? All it does is ruin the TV. (laughs) It makes really weird smells. But other than that, yeah, as we progressed and we grew up, we got to see what it was like. And it definitely was a great stepping stone. In the same way that I teach Aaron, who's next to me, how to do stuff in the lab. You know, it, it's just been handed all down. Like all my, all the, everything I learned from him, I teach to her and vice versa. So it's pretty cool. And she's becoming a dentist now. So she's fulfilling your dream that you missed out. She's the smarter one. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Aaron, I'm glad you're there. Hello. Hey, how's dental school treating you? It's really hard, but 
I really enjoy it and I'm having such a great time. I'm down in Arizona at Midwestern and it's much different than Michigan, um, especially being so cold right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm having just the best time down there and I have definitely have like better hand skills than a lot of my classmates because of all my lab experience. So it's all coming full circle. Mm-hmm. So who influenced you or pushed you into dentistry or is this something you were just like, I want to do it? Okay. I remember when I was really young, I would come down and I would watch my dad bending wires and trimming retainers. And I remember standing next to his trimming area and I just watched it. I thought it was so cool. And he would let me play with the acrylic and I would make my own little, I called them potions. So then I like hung out with him a lot. Mm-hmm. And then for the past like six years, I've worked in the lab for summers. And then during my gap year last year between college and dental school, I worked full time. So I'd say both of my parents, especially my mom, they're very supportive. And I think they wanted me to take over the family business, but <laughs> a little late for that. <laughs> and then the man with the different last name. Yeah. Mike, where do you fall under this tree? Or did you fall out of it? Sure. Well, no, no, <laughs> I, I climbed the tree. In high school, you know, I decided, okay, what am I going to do? And then I thought about becoming a dentist for a fleeting moment. And then Wayne said, hey, why don't you try going to uh, check out this Triton College and check out dental technology? And I was interested in it. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, you know, it'll put you behind a little bit. But if you go to dental school and, and you get in, then you'll you'll be one step ahead of, of some of the other students because you'll you'll know a lot of a lot of the lab yeah. stuff in that. I said, okay, that's that's cool. So I did. I went to Triton. I liked it. I'm a I'm a hands-on type of person. I, I I like working with things and making stuff. So I did well at Triton. Wayne and Frank Lafrito were, were the head instructors, and they were they were both very good. And we had a lot of cool classmates uh, back then too. So I said, okay, I like this. But I knew right away I wanted to be a lab owner. Oh, right out of the gate, a lab owner. So yeah. I worked for an orthodontist for a couple of years after that, and then I told the orthodontist, I said, and he was kind of my mentor. I said, um, you know, it's time for me to do something on my own. I, I was 23 then. He said, you know, if uh, you rehab the basement, it, it was a professional building. Mm-hmm. If you rehab the basement, it's yours. So I did. I rehabbed it, and then we. Over the years, we grew, grew, grew. We started out being an orthodontic lab, and then we went into dentures, and then we went into Crown Bridge, and we grew into that space for like 16 years. And then we built our own uh, uh, 9,000 square foot building in 2006, moved into that, and we've kind of grown into, the, into that as well. It's been a very successful, nice career. And that's always been called technique, right? Correct. Yeah. It's 43 years old this year. Holy schmoly. And with my previous employment, I actually got to stop by there a few times and it's a beautiful lab, man. You got some, you got it going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a CDT as well. I was uh, president of the Illinois Dental Laboratory Association when it was active Mm -hmm. for a few years. I've got three specialties under my belt for CDT. A lot of great people in this business. A lot of great people lab owners and technicians and, you know, going to all the meetings. I plan on going to Vision 21 this year. Nice. And I've met you at many, many different occasions. Yeah. And um, it's, um, it's a great industry. Absolutely. 
Now, do I understand that Wayne Jr., you're the only one that didn't mention you wanted to be a dentist? So, you know, I... Or did I you? Also won. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't. I didn't say it. You know, I, I had a really cool opportunity when I went to Triton. When my dad was my teacher. You know, driving. You know, with my father to school, and you know, and it was just, it was just awesome. You know, and I did that for two and a half years. And I also did an internship where my dad was influential with uh, Loyola Dental School, uh, which is closed. Um, but at the time, at Loyola, they had an internship. Uh, between Loyola and Heinz, uh, which is the VA. Mm -hmm. And so basically for about a year, I can't remember, it was maybe two, it was probably like a year, but I would go, I do the schooling at Triton. I'd I'd work in the labs in the evening and and then go to school and do other things. But I also spent a lot of time at Loyola and it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was, I was working with the students. I was working with the faculty. I was getting to know the instructors, uh, the president of the school, and we'd go out for lunches and we'd talk about the opportunity to become a dentist, Wayne. Hey, you're doing dental technology. You're really good at what you do. And I think that this would be a great opportunity. So for me, you know, working in this internship gave me a, a different little bit of a perspective. But, you know, my mindset was a little bit different where I thought, man, dental technology, I, I, I love this field. And for me, I made a big decision from Triton College um, and that was in the late 80s. I decided to take a little bit of a different stretch and I went down to SIU. Mm. So Southern Illinois University in Carbondale went there and they also had a dental technology school. So it was Triton College and, and SIU in Carbondale. Those are the two, two big schools for dental technology at the time. Only school. They were the only schools in Illinois yeah, for that. Mm-hmm. So I made a decision. I went down there for a couple of years and got a degree and I was student teaching at the school. And my love just got even further. And then, as my dad mentioned, you know, helping out, you know, in regards to paying for school. And then we paid for school. We kind of bounced back and forth. And I was actually working in labs. So I was not only working on my degree, but I was also doing student teaching at the dental lab school. And then I was also working at nights in labs. That's how we did it. So for me, it was kind of like my role instantly changed from going to dental school, from getting a phone call. And then I think my brother, he, he, I'm not sure if it's a, a funny story or not to tell me, but here we lived in a trailer down in Carbondale. My brother was my roommate and we had like seven guys living in a, in a trailer, Elvis. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. SIU, right? SIU, like, you know, and seven guys in a trailer were, were, were partying on a Sunday, believe it or not. Dad, you're not supposed to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're having a great time and, and a phone call comes through from a guy named Jim Ellison. And, and you know, Jim Ellison. Yeah. So Jim Ellison from Sterngold calls my brother, answers the phone and says, hey, Wayne, there's this guy named Jim Ellison on the line. And this is Sunday night. We're partying. We got kegs and stuff. Yeah. Again, you're not supposed to hear that. <laughs> but here we're having this good time. And I'm like, ah, take a message. I'll call this guy on a Monday or tomorrow or whatever. You know, so my career changed because I took that job with Sterngold. And then, you know, and it helped me to get to where I am today. So long story short, Dad, you know, Uncle Mike and. You know, the thing was, I, I thought about dental school and I knew that I could do it, uh, but dental technology took me a, a different route. And then working for manufacturers for 31 years this year has got me to where I am today. So that, that that's my story in regards to being a dentist. I became a dental tech. Mm-hmm. Aaron, how much pressure do you have being the one out of five <laughs> to say you're going to do it, but you're actually doing it? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I honestly don't really feel much pressure. I'm just more excited to be doing it finally. There you go. Got a whole family that's going to be wanting to get your work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know I'll never be unemployed and (laughs) hoping to maybe keep my dad employed at some point, but maybe he'll be retired by then. I'm sure he'll never retire though, knowing him. Yeah. But yeah, I don't feel very much pressure. So yeah. Hey, Elvis, I got a, something funny to yeah, please to collaborate on that story that Wayne was just telling about Loyola Dental School. I remember going to all the dental conventions with my dad and, you know, a little kid growing, you know, getting out of school and seeing all the cool stuff. And the dental convention was always so fun. Yeah, um, sure. So I yeah. come home from, we, and he stopped off at Loyola. My dad was doing some work there or something on the side. So I got to meet the same people that Wayne met in his internship, the dean of the school, and my dad was just like, yeah, Steve wants to be a dentist and, you know, tell him what he needs to do. And the guy was just like, uh, right now he needs blood. You know, like we need warm blood. We can't get anybody into dental school. <laughs> just pass your classes and, you know, go to, you know, pick a school, get your undergrad hmm. done and you know, you're in. Yeah. And kind of the same way that Wayne was saying is like they just really wanted students. So mm-hmm. my perspective was just like all I needed to do was get B's or whatever, just pass the classes and I'm in. And I was showing Aaron the other day, the reality check was that was he did not hoodwink me because that was actually true. In 1987, you guys can, you know, AIDS was there and dental schools and medical school schools were just crushed. Like they weren't taking anybody. So there's actually a stat that says like 89% of people that applied in dental school between 83 and 87 got in. Like they just took anybody. Now, you still had to pass your classes. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Now, when I came in, I was in the 93 era, and it, it went down for like 27% got in. And in Aaron's, it's again. like 35%. Yeah. So it's 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 very hard. And now I see what she went through to actually get into dental school. It's just like a, it's a miracle because you have to, she has a 4.0 in, in a University of Michigan State. She was on the swim team. She as a college athlete and, and still did it. And it was still hard to get in. Yeah. And you were just in a trailer with seven other dudes. I was, ha- I had a reality <laughs> check put it that way. Like it was, it was a clear reality check that this wasn't going to happen, but it's okay. It all worked out. But just kind of funny that Wayne mentioned Loyola dental school. Cause that kind of like it all fills full circle. Yeah. So what drove you Steve to become an ortho tech? It sounds like everyone else was either full service, removable, well, I started off in dentures and I realized that, you know, denture business is hard to get. It's it's very hard to get, especially when you're young. And when, when my uncle was just saying that he was starting his lab at 23, that just blows my mind because yeah. that is just like, he wasn't even wet behind the ears. Like he's so young <laughs> in this business because it's all about experience. Yeah. So I started off in dentures and it was just, it was obviously I had a good teacher and I, I'm like, you know, learning the cases with my dad right there. But I didn't like all the try-ins. I didn't like the back and forth of every single case and move this tooth here and then process this and finish this. And and when I found it, ortho is interesting because you're working with your hands more with it's just very, and I play guitar and I play piano. So I really like working with my hands. So every day that I'm like bending wires is basically I'm playing guitar. So mm. it's like a, it became, my hobby became a career. And my wife was pretty influential by saying, like, she would say, like, do something that you love to do, because if you don't like it, it's going to be hard. You know, like, so she was always like, you really like working with your hands. You need to learn this from somebody. I met a guy, um, a friend of the family, basically took me under his wing and I was making 
probably less than minimum wage. And she was just like, don't worry about the money, like learn from the best. And that's what I did. I just learned from someone who was a master and just loved it. Like ever since I started doing, it, I just love working with acrylic. I love, you know, the creativity of it. It just took off, but that's why I kind of got out of denture. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't that I didn't like doing it. It's just, I didn't like this, all the steps. No, I get it. I always thought ortho had just as many try-ins though. Maybe no, not. It, no, it's one, one and done. Like, cause I'm one doing 15 to 20 things a day and it's just like, you get the case, you get the scan. Now it's all scanned, which yeah. is sort of weird because everything changed, but you get the case, you finish it, you, you complete the job and indentures. It's always back and forth and back and forth and, you know, move this tooth here. And it's just, it's just too much. And then when the, you know, my dad always said like, stay away from partials <laughs> and they either fit or they don't fit. So they're just, it's just so much harder. Yeah. So I, I love dentures, by the way. Yeah. Wayne likes the, the implant, which was you're taking a specialty and then just like, you know, taking it to the next level. And that's what I would have done. I definitely would. If I was stuck with dentures, I would have just like did all the harder cases because that's where the money is at too. So sure. instead of just doing basic, basic dentures, but with the ortho, because we're setting so many teeth and moving things around, it's, it's still the whole dentures and it all comes full circle. You're, yeah. you're doing all the same stuff. Yeah, a lot of those orthos have teeth on them, right? Oh, definitely. So yeah. we're, it, everything that I learned from day one, I still do today, you know, 30 years later. So Sure. So yeah, Wayne, you love dentures. So you ended up at Sterngold with the ERA attachment. But I've mm-hmm. been to your presentation, I don't know, four or five times. You were with Zimmer? Zim V, I guess? Yeah. New company name, Zimby. Yeah. yeah. So what's that timeline look like? How long were you at Sterngold and where'd you go? Yeah. So, so I want to mention something really quick. Yeah. So with my dad, you know, and growing up in the lab business, I mean, I've been around it my entire life, right? I was born into the business. I mean, yep. that's really, <laughs> I, I can't, I, I was born at Bethesda Naval Hospital. I know my mom was visiting, you know, my dad in the lab and, you know, and all these stories are going on and here I am, I'm here, you know? So, so you know, the thing is, is that it's in my blood and it's never going to leave. At a very young age, my dad was teaching me how to set up teeth, how to process a denture, uh, how to finish a denture. You know, I was probably like 10, 12, 13, 14 years of age, very young. And, you know, when I decided to, in my career, to go to Triton and work under, you know, my dad is my teacher. Yeah. You know, he's my teacher at home, but he's my teacher as a teacher. So I go through that process, go to SIU and further my degrees in education. Uh, it's called vocational education is my bachelor's and it's all about teaching. Hmm. I wanted to follow what my dad does. Hmm. I wanted to teach university level, college level uh, students. And uh, someday my plan was to either teach at a dental school, a VA, a lab school. I mean, that, that was the plan. Yeah. And at those times, Glidewells and things like that weren't around. These bigger labs were not around. So, you know, I'm kind of thinking, am I going to work for a lab? Am I going to teach at a lab? That wasn't the story just yet. But, you know, the fact was, is that um, I got this phone call from Sterngold and I, I've really never been out to the East Coast before. My dad says, hey, just go. You know, remember, there's no cell phones. You know, <laughs> there's, you know, or, you, know you got to put your quarter in the machine. You know, I mean, it's just how things were back then. And, and even nobody had laptops. We didn't have nothing like we had right today. So the thing is, my dad, I didn't even have a catalog of Sterngold. So I called up my dad and I said, hey, this company Sterngold gave me a call and they would like me to work for them as a tech. Meanwhile, I'm 20, 21 years old. You know, I'm working in labs, I'm learning, I'm teaching. I'm really good at what I do, meaning that I enjoy what I do. I'm very good with my hands, as we all are. You know, we're artists. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, my dad said, go for it. If you don't like it, you come back and 
go back in a trailer with the seven guys. You know, it's like just go further your degrees, work on your masters. Did you even know what Sterngold was? You know, oh you know, yeah, we all yeah, yeah. APM America's Precision Metals. Yeah, yeah, APM yeah. Sterngold at the time, but for but me, no, I, I I had no idea. I didn't know that they were a metal company and dental attachments and all this stuff. My dad just said, "Hey, this is a cool opportunity, and you you got to go for it." How did they hear about you? You know, I'm guessing if I had a guess. I don't know if you'd say yes or no, Dad, but I have a feeling that you probably reached out and somebody talked to somebody at a lab show or a meeting or something like that. Because in all honesty, that's a question that I, I really never asked. But mm. I just assume that maybe my dad met, you know, Jim Ellison at a, at a lab meeting or something. And is that kind of the story, Dad, or or no or no? What do you what do you think? I'm, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. I I was at SIU in basic general education classes. And they had the dental technology school there. And trying to get into dental school was um, difficult. I had a tough time with math. I decided, well, I'll just go check out the dental technology school. So I went out there the day that classes started, and they had one opening. And I said, well, I liked, I saw what, what was going on there. I saw what kind of the instructors were. I said, well, I'll try this. And I liked it. Yeah. It worked out really well. So that's how I got started. And then, and then I worked on my bachelor's degree to get the same degree to industrial education, basically to teach dental technology. In my first year of student teaching, I had eighth grade and seventh grade shop class in the morning at the high school in Carbondale. In the afternoon, I had freshman first year uh, dental technology students. And it was actually a lot easier to teach the adults than to teach the kids. Boy, that was that was a, a chore. You went from uh, cutting wood to cutting teeth? <laughs> well, we were making uh, projects the kids would do that they'd give their fathers for Christmas yeah, or their mothers. Yeah. And uh, doing wood shop, print shop, metal shop. I can't name them all. Wow. But we did all that in the morning with 7th and 8th graders. And then in the afternoon, I looked forward to going to class in the afternoon. I, I, I had fun with the kids in the morning, too, but it was so much easier to teach adults. Oh, sure. Something else I was thinking about when I was sitting here and, and you folks are talking is that when I was at Bethesda Naval Hospital, we had maxillofacial people working there because there was people with well, war injuries mm. and uh, missing noses, ears, eyes, that type of thing. Uh, even reconstruction of, of the jaw, of the, the mandible. And I got to watch the people painting the eyes because in our laboratory, we faced the right, we had sunlight in our laboratory in the morning. So they would come in there and paint eyes. And I would sit there and watch them. I said, boy, I'd love to learn how to do this. But there was only one person doing it and it wasn't, it wasn't like a class to take. Yeah. But when I look back at all of it, I kind of thought, I wish I got into that a little bit heavier because it's amazing to watch. Well, it's the same, similar construction. You're, you're building an ear out of wax, making it fit exactly to that person, casting it or um, investing it, casting it in the silicone type materials. And then you give somebody an ear that they didn't have one. It was in a fire or blown off or something. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between dental technician and people that make eyes and right. and ears but and noses, sure. I never really got heavy 
thinking about it because there just wasn't a class to teach it. I watched the person doing it. There was one person at Bethesda doing it. I did get to work with people that had war injuries where they lost their jaw. Hmm. Perhaps a bullet hit them in the, in the side and they lost their jaw. It's, it's, it's like impossible to think about this person. But I was involved with rebuilding mandibles with Vitalium at the time was what we used, Vitalium with little tiny screws and stuff that they screwed into the mandible to rebuild the jaws. And I got to do a little bit of that too. I just wanted to bring that up. I wrote I wrote that down to make sure I would tell people. It's about fascinating it. stuff, and it's it's basically dental technology, but on a bigger, a different scale. Absolutely, yeah. We've talked to people that do eyeballs for a living on this podcast, and it's it's eerie how similar it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you just watched how it was done and seen all the steps that go into making that just one eye to match somebody else's eye. It's unbelievable how, how they did that. Yeah. And that's maybe how I kind of got more involved in, you know, implants and, and prosthetics. Sure. When I was at Sturgill, it was all about dental attachments, right? It was the ERAs and overdentures. And, you know, I worked there for a long time. And I actually took a position with 3MSV, learning about restorative materials. And then from restorative materials, I got that job working for uh, Biomet 3i, you know, involved in implants. So when I think of my dad and I think about, you know, the, the fabrication of the eyes and the prosthetics and all the things that he did with the people that had, you know, the concerns or the problems from the military issues, you know, it just kind of like paved my way, you know, to be involved in implants. So proud to tell you guys, uh, 31 year CDT and dentures, complete dentures. Uh, I've been with uh, working with implants and prosthetics and dental attachments for almost 35 years. And as you said, Elvis, man, you've always come to my seminars. I've always loved having you there. And, and that's another joy, not only being in tech, but being in marketing. And yeah, coming up on 20 years with, uh, it was 3i, the Biomet 3i, and Zimmer Biomet. And now currently the new name is Zimby. Coming up on 20 years, my friend. That's you know, amazing. But it's all because of the guys that we're talking to. It's because of my brother. You know, it's because of my Uncle Mike. You know, working in my Uncle Mike's lab. You know, when I was going through high school, you know, working at the grocery store, but I was also working at Michael's lab, you know, I was doing stuff with my dad, but thank you, Uncle Mike, you know, mm-hmm. for taking me in and showing me and and just, and that helped. If, if, if I didn't have that support mechanism, there's no way that I would be as successful as I am today. And, and I'm super proud of my brother and what he does. And now Aaron, super proud of her. I mean, it's a legacy between all of us. So I just wanted to kind of just kind of get that out because it's important to me. And it's, you know, it's just important for, for what we all do for, for the patient, you know, it's a great industry. It's a fun industry and it's, and it's always changing. I love how every single one of you on this podcast does a little different aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. Wayne, you're teaching it, you're marketing it, but really your presentations really are, are needed in the industry. Thank you. Steve doing the ortho. Your YouTube channel alone, I'm sure, has inspired Mm -hmm. billions of people to (laughs) look at the industry and get better at it. Mike, the owner, I love it. I mean, just getting out there and just saying, you know what? I want to create my own success. And Aaron being the only one to be dumb enough to become a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't listen to him, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome 
So, Mike, tell me about Technique a little bit. You started it in one place. How many employees have you had over the years? I walked in there, and you, you're heavy into the technology and the 3D printing. Well, you, these days, you got to be. Absolutely. Lab, you you got to be. I started Technique in the basement of that orthodontist office in 79, and then we kept on taking over more space and growing. We were up to 26 people at one time. Now we're at 20 people. Good-sized labs, though, still. But this year, we're going to start growing again because, again, you you got to. It's a fever. You know, you just got to – if if you're not growing, you're dead. Yeah. So you just got to keep at it and always try to make it better. I've been doing that, you know, my whole life. And now I am the brother of of Marty Zara, who is Wayne and Steve's mom. Her maiden name was Caps. And that's oh, and so we're going to go circle to that. There you go. So I'm the uh, brother-in-law of, of Big Wayne. Okay, now my tree is complete. Okay, I got this. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, the same thing. You know, we've just been keeping at it, and I plan on keeping at it uh, for quite a while yet to go. We've got, a, like I said, a nice facility, nice employees. It's a good industry. I like it. It can be stressful. It can be hard, but it, it's worth it. Got a new milling machine coming. We got another milling machine coming. We we got we got another printer this year. Now we've been in our new building for 16 years, so we're starting to upgrade the building a little bit more, even too. Yeah. So it's a beautiful building. I've been in it a few times. It's very nice. Thank you. So the name technique, where'd that come from? I mean, you're talking oh, 1979. Yeah, that's a silly story, Elvis. Because was it just I a misspelling? Brain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, well, here I am. Yeah, it's, it's T-E-C-H-N-I-C. And where I got that out, everything in dental school was super tech this, tech this, tech that. You know, oh, yeah, you're a super tech. And so everything was like tech, tech, tech. Yeah. So I, so I was trying to come up with a name back in 1979. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. And I, I kind of kicked it around. And then I, here's where it came from. You remember the stereo techniques by Panasonic? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think my parents had one. That's hilarious. That's where it came from. I was there. I, I was really into, I, I was a stereo auto, audiophile guy. So I was always into music and rock and roll. So we had, so techniques by Panasonic. Uh, I liked the way it was like, it wasn't QUE. It was a little different, a little shorter. And that's how it came to be. And it, and it stuck. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Steve, when did you go out on your own? When did you start your own lab? You know, that's a long story. <laughs> I was telling you, I worked for another guy yep. where my wife influenced me to go work basically sure. almost for free, just learning the trade. And I would have stayed there just so I wasn't making enough money. And we wanted to have a family and Aaron came along and my wife, want, we wanted to have her be a stay-at-home mom. And we basically talked me into having confidence enough to go out and try to knock on doors at being about 25 at the time and having a couple years of experience, but really not having experience. That's why the 23 thing blows me away when my Uncle Mike's saying, he like started my lab at 23. I'm like, I don't even know what he's doing. That's crazy. <laughs> but I would go out and for another podcast, I can share some of that stuff with you. Yeah. Just the, the whole thing about going out and knocking on doors is a pretty funny story. I'll brief you really fast. I was so nervous to go out there and because I was so young and I just didn't know. And it was just like going up to these doctors and ask them for work is just like, that was like, I would, I wanted to cut my hands off. It was just terrible. It's hard to do. Yeah. And I would go and see like one doctor a day and that was just like, I did it. And she, we're not, <laughs> not going to live. <laughs> we're going to be living with mom and dad pretty soon. You know, like, 
She's like, yeah, you got to do better than that. You got to go out and see more people. And so she was just like, you can do it. You can do it. She pat me on the back. And and I had this little ritual, just a, a funny thing, is I would go to Burger King and I would sit there and I would go through the phone book in Burger King and have lunch by myself and just be like, I can't do this. I can't do this. You know, when you go to the phone book and look up dentist and orthodontist to go hit on, you know, yeah. go look for it. That's how I got our internet. Yeah. And <laughs> I just remember, because it's so funny how stupid it was. I had this ritual to eat a double Whopper and I'd have my lunch, nothing but extra onions. And then I would go and see my doctors. So it was just like so dumb to think about trying to talk to someone and, you know, just knowing that's the, that's what you're putting out. Did you have some mints? Please? No mints, oh, just onions. Mints. And, um, <laughs> So we would just go out, I would just go out by myself and knock on doors and come home. And, you know, some doctors gave me a chance and it just grew from there and just one after another. And, you know, I, it just kept going and going. And you kept their name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kept the hmm. names. Um, I didn't want to be an ortho lab. I just, cause I did do the dentures too at the same time. You know, I got a lot of the stuff from Laura because she was working corporate and she had this, she was working Toyota in corporate and she had a lot of business experience. So she would just say like, Hey, try this and try that. And, you know, it kind of write a game plan for me and it worked. We, it paid off. So she's my mentor too. So it's pretty cool that we've um, owned the business together for almost 25 years now. And it's oh been successful God. and made all the YouTube videos. I do like that. I think that's where my dad comes in. My brother, how we're like influenced to help people and my uncle. Oh, quick story with my uncle. Um, I used to work there too, <laughs> technique. And, um, there was one time where my uncle said, hey, Steve, do you want to, that's how he talks. He goes, hey, Steve. And he said, do you want to own a lab? And I was like, no, I wanted to be a dentist. And he's like, but if you do this, he's like, I'll tell you one little bit, bit of information. He just said that, um, hey, Elvis, are you there? Are you guys still there? Elvis? He, oh, he's offline. Yeah, he went offline. That's why I was. Well, Steve, I like the story. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Michael, I'll tell you the story. Or else if he jumps on, yeah, hang on. He got bored. He's like, okay, you guys are done. Yeah, you guys are cut <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, saw that it popped up on this. That was pretty good. You saw that, Steve. Yeah. He... I didn't even notice that. I was so busy listening to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was... I love the onions. The onions. I, can you picture that going into an office and smelling like onions, trying to get business <laughs> off these guys? Yeah, but it is. It's, it's hard. And I'll tell you guys and make him up. I figured, yeah, 23. But the first seven years was just get my ass kicked. Oh, okay. The first seven years was just like trial by fire. This is the part where Elvis pretends like oh, he's yeah. not listening. Oh, it's, it's still recording. Yeah. Aaron said something funny to me. She's just like, Aaron was my prop. Laura would be like, take Aaron in the stroller because no one's going to turn down a guy with a baby. <laughs> and that would actually work. <laughs> you know, you go in the office and they'd be like, oh, what's this? And you're like, Oh, I'd like to see the doctor. Can I see the doctor? And they'd be like, oh, what a cute little baby. You can't say no. So Erin was my prop. She would, she has met some of my doctors I still have today. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Steve, do you have Elvis's number? Um, let me try to text him. Yeah, because he said to stay on too, right? Yeah, he said to stay on. So well, geez, I don't want to have to do that over. No, again. no. It's a, it's <laughs> no, still, we don't want to. So it's still going. All right. He says, hang tight. I lost my internet. So I think he lost it that, like, it was only a couple minutes ago. So it wasn't, I think he probably got most of those. Oh, Steve. Go ahead. We also need the uh, ham. You got to bring it uh, tomorrow. We... <laughs> yeah, man. Where's the ham? <laughs> Dude, the roads are so slick here. Yeah, they I mean, I'm, I'm, my truck is, you know, to drive five miles to get here, 
I was in four wheel drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. if, if I was in just a normal two wheel drive, what's the temperature there, Steve? Oh, right now it's, it two, dropped. It's two degrees. Feels like negative 22. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we're at, yeah we're, I know earlier we had negative, negative like 10. Years. I woke up, it was negative 10. Not yeah. the wind chill. Yeah, wind chill was terrible. Just the straight up. Is it snowing there? No, that, that all ended. I mean, oh. that as of like, like nine o'clock last night, it stopped. Yeah, we only got like two and a half inches of snow. Hey, hello. Sorry. I really worried that this minus eight degree, 50 mile winds would cut an internet on me. I apologize. I thought we left off with you at Burger King looking at the phone book. That's the last I heard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So about the onions then. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> up, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm looking through the phone book, looking for doctors, because that was the only way. There was no internet. Yeah. And, um, my great plan was to eat a double whopper with extra onions, get, get all pumped up for the, uh, you know, to go and knock on a door and then talk to someone with that breath. <laughs> Being 25 years old. All about Tic Tacs. It's a terrible idea. And then where I was telling these guys, I said that Erin um, used to be my, my prop. She was a baby. And Laura was at work. I would be watching the baby all day. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go see a doctor because if you go into a dental office, no one's going to shoot you down with a baby in your arm. So <laughs> I would take her out. I would hold her and be like, is there anybody who can see the orthodontist for a second? My name's Steve. I'm opening up in the lab. And they, you, you, they couldn't say no. So they'd be like, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, you know, like they'd Google and Gaga with Aaron. Oh, sure. And the next thing you know, I'd get to see the doctor. So it was my prop. I'm like, I got to take this kid around. And if and if uh, Aaron grew up, I would just have to find a baby. That's that's how you get doctors. <laughs> and now you have thirteen kids. No. Yeah. The other thing I was telling about when I was when I was working at Technique, my uncle Mike said, he's like, "Yeah, do you want to open up a lab?" And I said, "No, not really." But he's like, "But if you do, he's like, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Number one, you'll never work for anybody else once you work mm. for yourself." And that has stuck through. Where I don't think I got, could ever work for anybody else. So that's definitely something that I learned that stuck to today. Erin says I work for her. That's true. She does all my work for her. (laughs) (laughs) To add to that, there's always been, if you're a sole proprietor, you get sick, the business stops. Mm -hmm. You have to find a way to get the cases out. Hey, while there's still time, I want to mention something. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron, we are so proud of you, all of us are, that you're in dental school, mm-hmm. and we, we're just praying that you make it and you <laughs> do well. Thank and you. Aaron was in the Olympic trials, this uh, was about a year and a half ago or so, she was in Olympic trials because she did so well at Michigan State as a swimmer. I think you broke four major records there. Actually, six. In, um, <laughs> he said six. Yeah. Six yeah. records. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Let's not forget those other two. <laughs> yeah, and 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 to con- keep going and getting straight A's and no hardly any B's or anything like that. I always said to the kids, "You got to get in the top three, but you were in the top one all the time. So we are really proud of you. And mm-hmm. I just want anybody that's listening to this to know that you made it to dental school, and we're. We're hoping you make it fine all the way through and be an orthodontist. I'm not hoping she'll do that. I know. Oh, easy. man, yeah. And ABC, you're in the top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you. Right. Did I hear, Aaron, you wanted to be an orthodontist? You know, I did. Uh-oh. Not so much anymore. Oh, this uh, is oh, new. This is new news. 
at Midwestern, there's no specialty programs. So we get to do like everything. No one takes the cases away from us. So I'm kind of leaning towards general dentistry right now. But Mm. also, I think I would like to eventually get into teaching at a dental school because a lot of my teachers are doctors, dentists that had private practice for Mm -hmm. 20 years. and Now they're teachers. So I think that's really interesting. And I would pursue that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Going back to the roots again. Yeah, listen to this, mm-hmm. Elvis, really mm-hmm. fast. Erin was telling me, explaining something about dental school that I didn't, I had no idea that she does a lot of presentations where she has to present to doctors like her case like per week. Oh, interesting. And yeah. so there's a lot more, you know, getting involved with actually talking to people, you know, in public speaking. And there you're talking to, you know, doctors, not just like students. When I thought you were going to dental school, I thought you can be an introvert and just do your thing and then, you know, but it's not. So there's a lot more to it. Did she bring you into the class to make her feel more comfortable so they could Google and Google you? Actually, a lot of my (laughs) classmates will say that they're like, oh my God, I saw your dad on Instagram or I saw his TikToks (laughs) the other day. And I was like, oh my God. Steve, how many followers are you up to now? Because it just blows my mind, the content you put out and how many people have referred to you. Yeah, I get uh, I have like 45,000 on Instagram and then on TikTok, it's almost 100,000. And then YouTube, it's 20 something thousand. And it's different now than it was when we first started because there's there's a billion people on it. So it's very sure. competitive. It's hard. I mean, you see how hard it is to grow a channel. Like you, you yeah, yeah. doing those memes and... I, you make me laugh every day with those, by the way. And um, they're very good. You're inspiring a lot of people. Just give us that little extra laugh in the day. And uh, yeah. But you see how hard it is to grow. It's not the same. So it's definitely hard to get an audience on. But it's definitely, I would say it pays off because a lot of, you know, you get a, a lot of people who know who you are and they're, hey, can we send you work? And no, but but thank you anyway. So it's it's good to have notoriety. I just post jokes. That's all I'm doing. Not a big deal, but... You're providing education, and I know I've run into quite a few people that got into doing orthodontics because of you, hmm. and that's huge. Yeah, I like inspiring people that way, and I, I definitely like hearing people, their success stories. They're just like, I started a lab, and thanks to you, I'm learning all this stuff, and I would have never, ever, ever learned it because my dad, for instance, his dental school or the dental technology program is gone. Like so many of them. And where do you find, you have to go work in a lab and that's hard to do because lab owners don't want, you know, my uncle Mike can test. They don't want you to leave. You know, they're going to spend all this money teaching you. Uh, the idea is to stay there. Yeah, absolutely. So it's very hard to learn from. And that's, that's what I think the internet is great for helping people because we didn't have this before. Yeah, definitely. So what's next for the family? Mike, you're going to be growing technique. What are you going to be doing more of are you going to get in more implants or it just kind of grows it uh, on its own things have shifted i started out as an ortho lab and i found that i couldn't get enough ortho business and when a dentist got to a thousand dollars they wanted to hire somebody to have as a assistant slash technician in their house sure and that got real old with me real fast so then i got went into dentures like i said earlier and then i went into crown and bridge because i like the artistry of ceramics and now implants, and now it's kind of gone circle again for me because hybrids are kind of like dentures, and we do a heck of a lot of hybrids. Yeah. And also a heck of a lot of implant crown and bridge cases. So 
so mostly the focus here at Technique has been in that that arena. And then also with, with digital, you know, we still do everything else too, but with digital, you know, digital dentures is on the horizon for us and kind of learning all, all that. So th that part's interesting and fun. The, yeah, the hard absolutely. part is finding people to work. Yeah. It, it's hard to find technicians, but we're trying to do that. Yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Wayne? I mean, you're still with ZimV. Are you just going to be teaching? Is 2023 already full for you? You know, I'm I'm probably booked out January, February, March. I'm going into April. Yeah. Wow. So, so for me, it's an interesting area of business. First, first, I love what I do. The company is fantastic, and it's continuing to grow every day. For myself, I'm in a marketing position, so I'm able to talk about new products. I'm able to work with new products. I'm able to get the word out on the new products. If it be printing, if it be milling, if it be designing or treatment planning of cases with implants and prosthetics, that's what I do. And the other cool thing is that the company in itself, Zimby, which is Zimmer and, and Biomet combined, which became this new company, Zimby, uh, last March. And we have currently, so I'm talking about the Biomet system, the 3i system, the certain system, and then the Zimmer system is the TSV mm -hmm. and uh, tapered screw bent. Been around, you know, forever, right? Sure. So you combine these two companies, we have currently about 230 reps in North America. I have the potential to work with every one of them. And what I do is I travel about 150 to 200,000 miles a year, Elvis. That's crazy. Crazy, and, crazy. And I'm lecturing every week. So I'm averaging anywhere between 100 to 150 plus programs a year, surgeon sponsored programs, teaching, getting doctors together. Uh, I was in Memphis uh, on uh, Thursday. Uh, uh, actually, what day is today? I was, in I was in Memphis yesterday. <laughs> I yeah, what am I saying? So I was teaching at a lab how to do conventional uh, denture conversions, you know. Nice. So, yeah, man, it's just educating and teaching and training. I'm just going to just keep on doing it as long as I can. And I'm, I'm going to be 55 soon, you know, and, uh, you know, retirement, you know, we'll see when that time comes. But I'm just going to I'm just going to go with I'm, I'm going to continue doing what I do and what I do best. Is, as long as I can do it, man. And, that, and that's, that's my plan. Tell them the most people that you ever lectured from in, at one time. Probably the most, probably about a little over 2,000. What? Yeah, so down in, down in Brazil. Brazil? Uh, what you have, when I was at Sterngold, it's the second largest convention in the world. And uh, it's in Sao Paulo. And so basically they have this huge, huge like auditorium. And yeah, man, it was awesome. It was you know, I was up there lecturing for Sterngold at the time, talking about ERA attachments. Yeah, it was a little over 2,000 people, man. But you don't see anybody. It's a it's a big, bright light on you, you know? And uh, that's the most. Again, I love it. Thanks, Steve, for, for bringing that up. You're good at it, too. Like I mentioned, I've seen you a few you're times, and I've been to a lot of presentations or whatever, and you're engaging, and that's huge. Thank you. Yeah. He's excited and has got passion about it. Absolutely. It, it comes yeah. across. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you. And Steve, what's going on with you? You going to keep doing what you're doing? You getting into digital? You mentioned oh, scans. Everything's digital. I like learning everything. I think that's what the yeah. greatest thing about you. Everything is people are so open now where they're like sharing techniques and mm -hmm. everything digital, 3D printing. I'm a KOL for desktop health. So that's kind of keeping me busy lately. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just making more videos and watching Aaron and then, Hanging out with the family, it's just been, um, you know, a great career. Yeah. And Aaron, of course, school. When's graduation? 
Um, it will be in May of 2026. So I 2020. Oh, you're just getting started. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's exciting. That journey is going to be amazing. It is such a great time to be in dentistry. I believe. I think it's. I mean, with all the technology and just how great everything is, it's amazing. And I, I love the fact that out of everybody on this call, Wayne Senior is only proud of Aaron. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear that? Always proud of Aaron. We are. Everybody else? Yeah. <laughs> well, he said that, but all of us, but he surely is. We we know it. He's proud. Yeah. Of, uh, he's proud of every one of us. I know he is. And all of you are just an example of how great he is at teaching it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, imagine if Dad, if you weren't involved in this industry. We'd all be uh, selling, I don't know. selling peanuts. <laughs> we'd be doing something else. We would definitely sure. be. Yeah, I don't we'd think we'd be, we'd be involved in dental technology. Yeah. There's no doubt. You yeah. know. So thank you, Dad. Absolutely, and thank you, everybody, for coming on. This is quite the family legacy. It's exciting that it's going to continue on. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. for having yep. us, Elvis. Yeah, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll see all of you Lab Day 2023 yeah. this year. I'll, I'll be there. I'm, I'm going to be at Lab Day, and like I said, I'm going to go to Vision 21 in Vegas. Perfect. Uh, we'll have a booth all set up, ready to rock and roll at Lab Day. This will be my, you know, even through the COVID days, right? But yeah, uh, I think this will be my thirty, maybe my thirty-third Lab, Lab Day. Day. Yeah. Wow. wow. Awesome. At thirty-five, you get a jacket. So. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Elvis, help me with that. I'll let you look into that for me. Okay. Elvis, thank you. Uh, you know, when you and I talked about doing something like this, yeah. I brought it up with my uncle Mike. I mentioned it to my dad. I talked to my brother about it, you know, and and I know that there's so much going on, you know, for all of us, especially, you know, here we have the holidays. But dude, I just want to say you're a great friend and we've known each other a long time. And I want to thank you for everything you do for our industry mm-hmm. and uh, you and Barb and, and, you know, the voices from the bench. And I just appreciate you setting this up and uh, being able to do this with uh, with my family. Yeah, this is yeah. great. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you. Thanks, As always, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to everybody real soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Take Have care. a good one. Happy holidays. Take care. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yep. Bye now. Outside of the podcast, I actually have a real job. I know. It's hard to believe. I get to work directly with dental offices to provide amazing smiles to patients. But don't we all? But I do it with data instead of a handpiece or a mill. I use data that most labs already have but don't know how to access it or use it. Enter iCortica. I-C-O-R-T-I-C-A. If your lab is already using Magic Touch, great, you're halfway there. If you aren't, then go get Magic Touch just so you can use iCortica. It will be worth it. Let's be honest, access to easy to understand information is the key to any sales or customer service position. Did I mention that they have bar graphs? This is exactly what iCortica does for me on a daily basis. Every morning, I wake up to an email showing me the risks and the opportunities across all of the customers. I can then dive in to see specific customer information and look at so much like sales by product, trends by category or restoration. I can see all the notes and I can even see their remake percentage. It allows me to know who I should talk to about what 
without having to spend hours digging into production software or making a ton of Excel spreadsheets. It's all right there. Every metric I need to be successful. So do yourself and your lab a favor and head over to icortica.com forward slash voices or send Rob Nazelle an email at rob at icortica.com and start understanding your dental offices in a way you never had before. Check out this episode's show notes for all of those links, and we thank you for your support of the podcast, Icortica, and I personally thank you for making my job easier. A huge thanks to Wayne Sr., Mike, Wayne Jr., Steve, and Aaron for joining Elvis. I'm really bummed that I couldn't be on the podcast, but bring in your family story to everybody. I'm really sorry that I missed it. We all know how passionate I am about the family and the lab and the generations, but I did enjoy how they carried on the conversation just like a family, even when you got booted off, Elvis. So sorry about that. It was hilarious because I thought it wasn't recording for like 10 minutes, but they ended up carrying on the conversation and I didn't even know it till I was editing it and it was great. And you can really hear the support that they have for each other and that they give each other. I also remember years ago when Steve Zara and Kate Tippett had us on their YouTube channel back when we were just getting started. Remember when I sat like super far away from the camera and looked like I was like this little tiny person? It's also the video that convinced me that I needed to do ortho. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Wayne Sr., for teaching all these amazing people what a great dental technician is. And good luck to you, Aaron. We need more dentists in the industry that understand the importance of great lab work. Awesome. We appreciate it, everybody. Have fun in Vegas, Barb, and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. You guys have a lot of meetings, don't you? Yep. (laughs) I've never understood that. All right.